0: And that I was somehow becoming this conduit. I remember at the end of it, I am just the shell of a man at this point. I remember having the feeling like maybe I should go down there. I had gotten kind of burnt out, complacent, that sort of thing. Just really not
1: enough drive to go forward. You were
0: telling me you had a dream. I was reaching down my hand. But when was the last time you cried? (laughs) <laughs> I almost almost lost it there in the very beginning.
1: Is there any myth about the industry or even owning your own business that you would like to debunk? <laughs> Crazy thing, It
0: was just as painful for me watching it yeah. as it was for you dealing with yeah. it.
1: God's forgiveness is there, but my forgiveness for myself is not. What is something that has inspired you recently?
0: Sometimes it's just rooted very deeply within you.
1: Uh, but you got to take a team with you. One person needs to be an explorer or survivalist type of expert. Then another person can be an, needs to be an author or a storyteller. And then three other people, living or dead. The numbers would have not been in your favor had you stayed. Correct. You know? Let me see if I can summarize a little bit of what we got here. And You know, so we started off talking about your, your early childhood. There's mm-hmm. kind of that like really intense traumatic experience with your dad having the stroke and a Love 13-year-old you. One of them. Yeah, yes. yeah, well, okay, one of them, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but you, yeah. you drove the van in the middle of the night, got that sorted out. But, and, and so you kind of have this fight-or-flight type of uh, uh, response, and, and you seem to tend to consistently be closer to the fight. We're going to move forward. We're going to figure this out. And through, by nature and nurture, it seems like you've got this work ethic, like we're going we're gonna to work on this, but we're also going to be sincere in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You find yourself a few years later, fresh out of high school, basically, by a year or two, you're in the church and not really believing it, kind of living, definitely not by your actions. Yeah. This church program, master's Commission, they come by and and you basically kind of get recruited into it. You think it's interesting. You, you end up deciding to go instead of living life kind of a hedonistic pleasure life that you're a bachelor life that you're going to go for yeah. yeah so you respond to the call things get weird quick there as far as yeah. leadership getting fired and nothing goes to plan and, and it seems like when you're you're really dedicating your life to to god and really trying to 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 organize yourself and really try to figure out like the next right step in life instead of just giving in to every desire everything goes crazy yeah but somehow you kind of stay you seem yeah. to say consistently moving forward. So is that fair quick summary? Yeah. So, um so you, you did have some outside influence you you told P Bob, Pastor Bobby, uh that you're uh, you know, you're heading out, but he did kind of give you a blessing or is it just kind of like that sucks, get out of here? Or
0: Yeah, I mean it was kind of weird. I was like, "Uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to still pay the money, you know, mm-hmm. but I just I just got to go." And he's like, all right, fine. No, okay. Yeah. <laughs> was, so was so
1: like... yeah, so
0: you leave there, and then what happens? Where do you go next? So I, I go to the uh, the self proclaimed po- prophet. Mm-hmm. I go to stay with him. Um, I stay with him from February till about the end of April, um, in which I decide it's time for me to go home. Okay, back yeah. to Kentucky. Back to Kentucky. Right. I go home, and then that's when I remember I, I started talking to you. Right. You know, we would have conversations. Yeah. I'm in uh, Florida at this point. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're in a, uh, you know, you're in, I can't remember exactly, you're under, under Josh there. Yeah, yeah, um, he was a youth
1: pastor, and I was uh, just one of the youth leaders, adult youth leaders, was studying under him, and okay. working on uh, getting my, my ministerial credentialing yeah. more accredited, but yeah. getting certified within our denomination and everything. Pastoral training well,
0: so i remember yeah i remember having conversations with you a lot at that point and you're telling me everything you're doing i'm kind of telling you what i'm doing and we're sharing knowledge with each other mm-hmm. and then uh you know i remember there was a subject matter that kept coming up and at this point i think you know god had started to use me and mm-hmm. uh just you know as some form of counsel or guidance in in other people's lives because um, i started to notice it it You know, I would just be talking to someone and and a certain subject would just pop up and I would just ramble on about that specific subject a lot. Mm -hmm. And I started to realize that that was something that God was dealing with that person about and that I was somehow becoming this conduit to, you know, help confirm or whatever it was um so you know i i start to realize a calling there and then obviously you and i start talking about you know a specific subject and then i remember having the feeling like maybe i should go down there of course i'm just like i'm not gonna you know and then i remember you called me up one day and you were telling me you had a dream Mm -hmm. i don't know if you remember this or not okay uh, and you, you said that I was going to, I was, I was reaching down my hand to give you, to help you up onto you know, a second story or something like that. Okay. Yeah.
1: I don't know if I remember. I, I know at that point I was having plenty of experiences of my own, plenty of dreams. Yeah. Things like that, trying to mm-hmm. record them, you know, trying to, and also trying to decipher what was real, you know, what, what was a, um. What again? What I felt like was a message from God, and what was you know bad tacos, <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, I, I don't I don't doubt that. I don't remember that in particular. I, I almost sure. have a vague, faint like that sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. But regardless, I mean that that does sound very uh, accurate for the time as well. So okay, yeah, um, I
0: think you just kind of like you were in a weird season at that point.
1: I certainly was. Yeah, I had my own. It's probably a story for another time. But sure, I uh, I ended up actually moving to Florida about the time you did. Okay, uh, it was July of 09. Uh, when I moved down there, okay and mm. and I had spent that month um, for me the previous year, I had kind of just gotten kind of burnt out, complacent, that sort of thing, just really not enough drive to go forward, sure um, in lots of things, but including my faith um, in particular, um, and it kind of Started spiraling a little bit, and then that July was a really rough one. It wasn't necessarily like having my doomsday clock, but I did kind of have my own moments there. I I had, you know, went a lot further in things that I had never imagined that I would. Right. And so then then I go back out, like, okay, hey, head's cleared. Things are right now, you know, after that, kind of like getting back in the saddle. But then there was a part of me that was just, I was still wrestling with the fact that I had gotten... Further down than I had intended. And how do I move forward now beyond just God? I'm sorry, forgive me and help me to do good. It's just like, you know, God's forgiveness is there, but my forgiveness for myself is not there. Right. or I'm still tripping over myself trying to figure out what I'm doing so that kind of a, it's a brief thing that kind of encompasses where I was at Yeah, you know and, it, and this would have been yeah. you know this happened around the same time that you're going through all of this Right, and then you know we had that call there's that dream and then you know coming down yep
0: um, yep and then stayed with you for you know a month or something like something that like and that, then yeah. moved back to North Carolina and then some things uh, got weird th- there yeah I'd basically yeah that and again that's that's another long story there but Basically, everything, my takeaway from all of that was, at the time, I didn't understand why I went to Masters Commission. I didn't understand why specifically that Masters Commission, which was corrupted from the start, uh, which I you know, noticed a lot later. um, Or I, I shouldn't say a lot later, very soon after. And why that season was so kooky. And what's even more so, just to tell you a little bit about confirmation in the sense of, like, it's a good thing I left. Everybody who was in that class fell away from God. Man, I would say wrong. maybe maybe there's maybe there's one guy out there that didn't, um, but everybody fell mm-hmm. away from God. Um, the majority of them are, yeah. I don't I don't know exactly how they're living their life, but it's not that same lifestyle they had in Master's Commission, that's right. for Sure. Um, so
1: statistically, you would have uh, it would have the numbers would have not been in your favor had you stayed.
0: Correct. You know? Yeah. If I if I continue to follow that specific curriculum mm-hmm. or leadership if you will then yeah it, the odds are i would have I, yeah i would have been in a bad place yeah. myself
1: not to connect dots that aren't necessarily there but throughout your childhood you know and then you get your story through dad you kind of you're kind of acting and moving forward in the moment and then um you know kind of making that, that right decision mm-hmm. and then when you move down to florida for masters then you move to north carolina and mm-hmm. back and forth and again you came to uh florida and that was the first time you came down it was just, you stayed at my apartment, mm-hmm. which is fine. And then the second time, like I said, that my brother and his new wife lived right. there. That was a, man, there's a, we should, we should do a whole episode on oh, just oh. the crazy stories and the things that we regretted and oh, everything yeah. there. That was, man. Yeah. Again, you got, that lot. was a tiny apartment that was, just for context, I don't think the whole place was more than about three or 400 square feet. It, May, was, it, was it was it was very tiny. tiny turns it out we a, were in the ghetto yeah didn't yeah, know was, that <laughs> yeah and there, you know the gunshots probably gave it away but yeah uh, right it was yeah and where we where, where we were at in tampa bay area of florida yeah um clearwater pinellas county if you're familiar with the area you know it's it's not like you have this is the nice end of town and this is the bad end of town there you have a bunch of little pockets and it changes every couple of blocks To whether it's, like, the ghetto or if it's, like, you know, the the nice, you know, one million-plus-dollar homes. Right. It's kind of all over the place, but I was definitely not in the – Yeah, this specific
0: spot was not – and I didn't realize that, of course, until uh, I think the guy below us got shot one day. Yeah, yeah, he he passed
1: away on a trip. I was away for a a weekend trip and came back and he passed away. Oh, really? Um, The guy below us – Will said it was a heart attack. I, I don't know what the deal was. I mean, he may have shot at one that, time. No, that but, wasn't the. Cause yeah, the but, gunshot
0: he lived from. He had a band. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, So the that.
1: Uh, but that guy did pass away at one time. Okay, and then the guy next to him, the guy who always ha- was asking if we wanted to buy his DVDs or all that stuff, he got arrested <laughs> on the same weekend. And I'm like, man, I missed wow. everything this weekend. Right. Uh, oh gosh. Yeah, we'll have to really try to save some of those stories for another time. But yeah, very entertaining part part of life. But mm-hmm. at the same time, a lot of growth. You know, you came in and you did help me quite a bit. I remember there's one point where, like say so you're fixating on something. It blindsided me when you're mentioning, "Hey, you got a bunch of pride." I'm like, what are you talking <laughs> about? Everyone would say, "I'm like not not that I would declare you're humble because yeah. you know that's a dead giveaway that you're not humble." Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I'm pretty, you know, let other people take the front seat, which yeah. does not necessarily mean you're not prideful, you know. Yeah. And I and so that was that was hard to hear and accept, but that was the key. Is it you know after you kind of get over the shock what are you going to do? And, you know, again, 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 it's one of those things trying to talk about like, Hey, you had a pride issue. I did good. You know, but it's, it's a a hard thing to have that conversation, but, but I did follow through. I was like, okay, let's, let's deal with it. And, it was rough and annoying, but you just called it out every time you saw me do something. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Would you be quiet? And, and, and <laughs> crazy thing. It was
0: just as painful for me watching it yeah. as it was for you dealing with yeah. it. But I mean, I remember even like when talking to you about it, because again, mm-hmm. uh, you know, bringing it all of a sudden stuck to that subject of pride and kept talking to you about it. And I was like, why? Matt is not prideful. <laughs> and it was I re- hidden yeah. well. Yeah, it was yeah. hidden very well apparently yeah. or maybe it's just like the, a, the form of pride that it was. It was yeah. just, you know, pride has layers uh, yeah. in that sense. Like it's not always going to be cut and dry and black and yeah. white. There's gray in there and there's, yeah, or sometimes it's just rooted very deeply within you like a lot of things. You know they're just rooted very deep in us, and we don't realize that they're there. Which hence why some people need counseling for certain things because they got they got issues that are just down there deep. Yeah. You know, Um, and sometimes
1: it's a it's it's a response to other things in your life. Yeah. But the one thing I would say that is in kind of against what our culture would say today, just because something happened to you, that doesn't absolve you of responsibility. Yeah. Right. So if you've developed habits. Um, a mindset, uh, or even things like pride, or you can go the t- seven deadly sins—wrath, gluttony, etc. Uh, if you've developed traumatic responses, there's understanding. Yeah. And in our culture and society today, it's easy to say, "I understand you, and I, I, um, I have some sympathy for you." And you're fine. Just keep doing it. Yeah. Try not to hurt other people with right. it. But, it's but essentially, the, right. it,
0: it defines them at that point. Right. Like, and, oh, they're and this, and this is what happened to them, and now this is who they are.
1: Right. And, and the truth is, and the truth can set you free here, is that whatever your response is, traumatic response, uh, again, assuming that it is something like it, you have a childhood issue or or whatever the problem is, that, that the problem that created it, that you were that you were more or less a victim of the problem Mm -hmm. you didn't initiate the problem Mm -hmm. Uh, again at least in the assumption working here um you developed a response to it but that response can hurt you in the end absolutely and you are responsible for that oh yeah um and so so yeah so that was uh you know if we had time to psychoanalyze me (laughs) I think we could, there's definitely some situations I could say that built up that bit of timid, timid pride, you know, um, that, that, you know, in some ways I'm still trying to work through stuff myself, but, uh, but, but again, that that it's, that's kind of where it came from, I, I would say, but it doesn't absolve me of my responsibility to move past it. Yeah. And so anyway,
0: so. So, I mean, similar for me, like, yeah, before master's commission uh, and during master's commission, I should say, uh, I was incredibly prideful and arrogant um, and just thought, you know, very highly of myself. Uh, And yeah, God, this is one of the reasons that I went to master's commission um, was basically to get torn down. Uh, basically yeah it was almost like god uh, disassembled me i was put together mm-hmm. wrong in a sense uh, I, I, yeah
1: almost like a, a, my understanding is how boot camp is planned you're gonna tear you down yeah, rebuild to you build back you back up, back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's exactly
0: yeah. what it was i was i was broken down you know i had a lot of uh, rough edges if you will and and uh you know kind of I don't know, out to prove something always, you know, and uh, just a, just had a lot of pride in, in myself, you know. Mine was more blatant, yeah, I'd maybe in-your-face type pride, and yeah, I mean, I just, I remember at the end of it, man, I was just like, I am just the shell of a man at this point. Like, <laughs> yeah. I have, yeah. I have been, I have been, uh, yeah, and strung out, and you know, yeah. And the challenge there too, is, I mean,
1: especially when you bring up things like pride, or even the discipleship, kind of tearing down, and building you back up. One of the challenges, I had another friend from college who uh, she was kind of going through her own thing. It wasn't like master's commission or uh, or like a, a church program per se, but it was more of a, there was a family she knew. And, and she was basically, you know, uh, uh, how would you say, um, maybe a personal one-on-one studying under somebody, if that makes sense. Okay. Again, not, not a formalized thing, but, but, but again, she was growing and, uh, and it was, it was it was good for her and similar type of stuff. It was like, we're going to break you down, build you back up. And in general that's a good idea, but the the challenge that she faced was that one of the things she noticed at one point when breaking you down is who you are, your personality. Mm-hmm. Kind of some of the, the good things that God created about you is is also kind of like getting chipped away too. Mm-hmm. So like if you're thinking like archaeology, they'll dig for a bit, but then they have to start using careful tools. Yeah. And as you start getting, you know, in your soul, cleaning that out, as you start getting closer to the edge, you know, she was noticing that the tools did not change to the more gentle tools to scrape ah, away without started to scraping away, away the, 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 yeah. and, the and formation th- of her. Yeah. yeah and thankfully she and that they were able to notice this kind of earlier on okay. uh, just based off of conversations that we had at the time okay um, that they were able to um you know to kind of grow around that you know kind of to work through that which is great but again if you're you know going through something and and um again there is that build you down bring you back up um you're not supposed to be a robot, some autonomous right. machine. Yeah. Um, or, you know, even like again, in Christianity, we talk about, you know, we want to have like the nature of Christ. We want to be like Christ. That's not because we're a zombie or a robot that says, yes, you know. Right. You know, yes. Without, Master, without some kind I of personalized next? soul. Yeah yeah um, and so that that is a, that is a challenge to watch out for, oh yeah, and something of that nature yeah
0: and uh, and just to kind of clarify too in my in my case like masters commission was not the one breaking me down
1: okay it yeah. it
0: was in the sense of you know there was and I don't know why like i it just felt like I was not well liked or received in a lot of different ways. Like maybe if I was trying real hard, if I was reading my Bible every day and I was fasting all the time and doing all this stuff, you know, um, it just seemed like it wasn't noticed by man. Like no right. man took account. They would always say, Oh, this guy right here. I, I got a word for you, young man. Mm. Uh, you know, it was just like the guy next to me and I'm just like, I feel like I'm doing a lot, you know, but... Right, uh, no one's noticing. Yeah, and, you know, and then there were other, like, remarks towards me and just kind of, like... The path that I took was... I don't want to say extreme. I I, I probably did more than the next guy in the sense of... I, I took it very seriously. Yeah. I took it very seriously. I did not really rely on what we were being taught, which... Uh, you know, again, like it was chaos there too. So we weren't really Mm -hmm. getting fed a lot. And I I think at one point I remember I had a close relationship with one of the second years and I remember us talking and I just, I remember, you know, I had a lot of passion for. Just chasing after God, you know I wanted to essentially be like David, you know Right uh, and In
1: some some areas <laughs> Yeah, in some areas <laughs> really More in some than mother. others the, yeah. the first half is great
0: <laughs> Right, I wanted to be the first half David I yeah. wanted to be the, yeah So anyways, I, I remember saying one thing That would eventually come back to haunt me um, Is that if there were some form of correction needed what, If the pastor came out uh-huh. and said something incorrect Like, I don't want to just stand by and take that. I want to let him know that he was wrong. And it Uh, was taken, of course, the conversation I was having was taken out of context. It was more in the sense of, I want to do what is right by God and not by man. I don't want to just be a a, a man pleaser. I want to please God and have no fear of man.
1: And, And with that is the understanding that even as pastors, preachers, teachers, that sort of thing there can be errors like you should there shouldn't be i i mean in a perfect world there w- there wouldn't be yeah but uh but sometimes you can miss the mark a bit uh sure hopefully it's a minor detail you know yeah, just, uh, it's yeah. Nothing, but but again like you said you know there's you know you don't want to just um hand to mouth like what are they tell- teaching me therefore it's true you want to vet sure. what they're saying you want to be able to grant I, I again i think that that's um yeah that's, that's a that's a good way to go about life. And I would encourage anyone to, to do that, you know, yeah. to try to, try to make some tests. Here's an example I give you. I had a friend, um, in college, his dad was like a deacon or elder of the church. And so, uh, on a Sunday night he got to preach. And if you're not familiar, there was a time at, at, in, you know, most, uh, American churches, there was like a Sunday morning service, Sunday night service, Wednesday night and Sunday nights was most of mostly church members were there and the more dedicated church members. It wasn't a lot of times they you people come off the street to see what church is about or whatever. And so the, the, uh, if somebody's going to preach that night besides the pastor or preach besides the pastor, it's probably going to be a Sunday night. It's going to make an elder deacon, youth pastor, you name it. Uh, so anyways, the, uh, his dad was one of those positions and he preached, um, a fiery, incredible message. Lots of people cheering him saying, amen, amen, brother. That's a good word. And, and really hyping them up. And by the end of the, uh, the message, he scolded all of them. He said, nothing I preach to you today is from the Bible.
0: Wow. Or
1: the things that I did preach, I I intentionally misused it wow. from the Bible. And next time, you need to bring your Bible to church. You need to see what's, read along with it. Yeah. You need to see if I'm quoting right for one. But you need to vet, you know, basically yeah. the attitude you were taking, you need to take that to... Uh, the preachers yeah. you know now granted I'm doing this on purpose to teach you yeah. you like, like, like this might be a wolf and sheep's clothing situation and you would never know and you're That's accepting true. things as true that are not true yeah and so that like that, that that stuck with me i wasn't there for that service but it, you know uh my friend was telling me about that that just man that really stuck with me that's pretty but, awesome um, that he did that yeah, absolutely <laughs> like i like yeah. that a lot uh, but yeah so so let, let me see if i can summarize a little bit of what we got here and you know so we started off talking about your, your early childhood there's mm-hmm. kind of like a really intense traumatic experience with your dad having the stroke and a 13
0: year old you one of them yeah, yes. yeah well okay one of them yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah but, but yeah. You,
1: you drove the van in the middle of the night Got that sorted out, but, and, and so you kind of have this fight or flight type of uh, uh, response, and, and you seem to tend to consistently be closer to the fight. We're going to move forward. We're going to figure this out, and through, by nature and nurture, it seems like you've got this work ethic. Like, we're going we're gonna to work on this, but we're also going to be sincere in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You find yourself a few years later, fresh out of high school, basically, by a year or two, you're in the church and not really believing it, kind of live it. Definitely not by your actions. Yeah. This church program, Master's Commission, they come by and and you basically kind of get recruited into it. You think it's interesting. You, you end up deciding to go instead of living life, you know, here in Kentucky, kind of a hedonistic pleasure life that you're bachelor life that you're gonna go for. Yeah. yeah so you respond to the call things get weird quick there as far as yeah. leadership getting fired and yeah. then you move from Florida to North Not, Carolina and, and, and nothing that, goes know, to plan, yeah. Yeah, nothing, nothing goes to plan. And, and it seems like when you're you're really dedicating your life to to God and really trying to, to to organize yourself and really trying to figure out like the next right step in life instead of just giving in to every desire, everything goes crazy. Yeah. But somehow you kind of stay you seem yeah. to say consistently moving forward, mm-hmm. assist, you know, consistently with your eyes, you know, in the right direction. And you bounced around. You ended up coming and staying with me for a while and helping me through some problems as well. Yeah. Uh, and so all of that. So is that decent, fair, yeah. quick summary? Yeah. Now we're fast forward several years. You've got a wife. Mm-hmm. You've got you've got your house. you got three kids. you got your son now. So definitely move forward quite a bit. It seems like you've probably taken... A lot of these lessons, you kind of mm-hmm. lived it out, and, and career wise, I know you bounced around a little bit. A couple of years ago, you went through a trade school. Yep. Yeah. So what what were you? You were yeah. doing, is it doing roofing, I think, at first. Uh, kind of odd, odd stuff here and there. Yeah, I mean, it, path, that's right? kind of
0: what brought me into essentially into the trade world, in, in a sense. Um, so I, I had, you know, I met my wife. Um, I'd actually met her before master's commission, but I rekindled with her after master's nice. commission. Uh, And I started dating her, and her dad was a roofer, had a roofing company, and you know, um, said he would pay me $15 an hour to go there. And at the time I think I was, I could only make as high as 11 doing anything else. Mm. So that was um, definitely a lot more than a dollar a day at a day. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Okay. Just check. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So of course I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'm into this and, uh, you know, yeah. learned learned a lot being there, you know, made some, uh, some good friends, some lifelong friends there. Uh, one in fact that is as one of my partners in in a venture. Um, cool. I end up leaving roofing to actually go work with my dad, uh, doing what you know I used to do and uh, which I, I used to hate and actually still hate <laughs> doing to this day, which is its production stage and lighting. I really don't like it. Don't ever want to do it. And and that led into like this, LEDs were were coming on the scene as far as lighting and. You know, so I, I kinda like went in a partnership with him at that point and we opened up a uh, an LED lighting store, uh, and I was selling lights and then we were it got into like custom installs mm-hmm. where we were installing these cool LED lights and niche LED lights and like Yeah, and you, you show, know, you showed me some do... pictures
1: before and you just really yeah really interesting stuff. You guys would
0: get kinda creative with
1: uh yeah, very if they custom had something yeah, work, custom or yeah. weird, you just kind of embrace the weirdness of yep. it and, and... And make it have make it work, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And it was a <clears throat> lot before, like you could just buy anything on the internet and just do it yourself type situation. You know, and we'd come in there. It was a high end type product, mm-hmm. um, and so you know, I kind of got a taste for entrepreneurship at that point in my life, and uh, I really liked it. But I hated working with my dad. A uh, lot of history there, mm-hmm. and yeah, and we're we're a lot alike. So we we butted head constantly, and um,
1: yeah, it seems like if if you're your type of personality, if you've got two of you. Yeah, both trying to make your way forward, you're gonna butt heads. But if you have two people who are a lot more reserved or timid, nothing ever gets done. Yeah, so it's, yeah, you know, exactly. If you have the same yeah. personality, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And of course, I w-
0: I wanted to run the business this way. He wanted to run it that way. You know, and, uh, and and I do remember too. Like I would go to try and sell jobs, and and I would get beat out by electricians all the time because they would you know throw in their electrical knowledge. Like mm. I remember. You know, an electrician, I was at a job, like, we were going to do this under, these under-counter lights, uh, which was, like, it wasn't new, but the way we were doing it was with the strip tape, but you'd put it in, like, this profile aluminum thing, create, like, a light fixture out of it. Um, I know now you can just buy it online, but back <laughs> then you couldn't buy it online. A super somebody, cool thing that you were doing. Yeah, yeah it, it was by. this custom yeah. thing nobody would heard of. You had to explain it a thousand times, show pictures, like, people were just, like, blown away by it, and... Um, yeah, so I, and I would explain it to him, and the electrician, well, well that wire is going to get eaten up by rats. I'm like, what? I don't know. It's going to, if you run it up through the cabinet, it's this tiny little low voltage wire uh-huh. that won't shock you or anything like that. But you know, a kid could come in and grab it and rip it out. You know, which is like, I mean, they would have a, uh-huh. electricians would have a much higher voltage coming into the cabinet light they were going to install, and it could right. just as easily be done, or the rack could just as easily, you know. <laughs> uh, and but so then they
1: came in with some the different language, and yeah, then, and then they then, were, then, the then were the
0: electrician. More right. importantly, so who are you going to trust? This low voltage lighting guy or yeah. the electrician? He's the an electrician, if you're,
1: like I so said, doing high end jobs. Yeah. You want more security that mm-hmm. your your job's going to get done right. Mm-hmm. So you got you're, you're so you with your. you want this?
0: Yeah, you want the licensed electrician. Yeah, and so, anyways, I decide maybe I should become an electrician because I can get more jobs this way. Now I've got yeah. that title. Who can argue with me now? Right.
1: And you kind of have both now. You got the lighting, specialized lighting. Yep. You know, the stage production probably didn't help it hurt. You know. And, no. and, and some of that but then so you go roofing go to the trade school mm-hmm. which are yeah. now becoming a little bit more popular again yeah cause it's kind of unpopular for a long time it's yeah. like oh that's just the man that's the yeah. worker stuff that's the stupid people <laughs> but, if you they the, go do that. but if you look at the paper trade, trade yeah. jobs it's pretty impressive so so you go how old were you when you decided to switch and start 28 uh, 28. 28 so you didn't have to do it when you're 18 nope you know you you know 28 years old you switch and do um electric yeah. electrician school mm-hmm. okay that yeah. takes, was that two years, four three years. years? Four years. Okay. Four years. Four yeah. years. Uh,
0: I, I got licensed as a journeyman electrician um, after two years, though. Uh, and then, you know, master's at the end of, of the whole school. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. Yeah. Um, and did it, you just
1: go straight into working for a company during that time?
0: Yeah, yeah. In is order, that, that, does that have to? Be you part have of the to work for okay. a company in order to become licensed. In order to go to the school, you know, you want a sponsor of some form. Mm-hmm, that makes uh, sense. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the four years, you, you graduate. They give you like a diploma and all this stuff, and then they write you, a, you know, a letter stating how many hours you had in the school and that you have the education, mm-hmm. um, and you can either choose to take your journeyman's or your master's, depending on if you've. Already taking your journeyman's, which I I had at that point, and so then the next step was the master's test, and yada yada. I'm you know I get licensed and everything, and I I go and I I work for this remodeling company that had an electrical division, and uh, the the master electrician who used to kind of run the show for the electrical division, he decided to leave uh, and go start his own company. So then I kind of stepped up into his position and uh, started running work, kind of trying to run that side of the business, you know, minus the financial aspect of it. But basically everything else and kind of managing, you know, how the electrical projects would go and everything. So got a you know real good taste of what it takes to uh, run an electrical company at that point. So not
1: just go out, do the job, but even the administrative side and kind of seeing behind the curtain a little bit. And, yeah, talking to the okay. clients.
0: And you know, I, like I said, I had I had partnered with my dad um before in the lighting. And mm-hmm. this this it was it's essentially it was the same but different because, you know, there was a right. a lot more knowledge that you had to have mm-hmm. and a lot more responsibility on your shoulders doing doing it that way. Um but, you know, and then it just got to a point where like I was I was kind of working a lot. I was stressing a lot. That you know, it was we had a lot going on and the type of person that I am, like I can't just let something be okay or like good enough. Like it has to be great. It's got to mm-hmm. be, you know, Would like you say I, perfectionist. I, no, I'm not going to go as far as to say perfectionist. My dad was a perfectionist. I fall short of that. Uh, more. Just particular about things. I I want to make sure things are correct. I want to make sure that the customer is getting a good experience. I want to meet timelines. Most importantly, uh-huh. um, and that was kind of hard to do at this company because we just we had so many irons in the fire and we didn't have enough people working. Right. Yeah, uh, and I, I think at this point is uh, is it's 2022. So uh, you know, last year basically, and uh, yeah, I think everybody had that problem as well. And I decided I was going to. Start my own company and uh, kind of just, yeah, run the work the way I wanted to, not take as much work as I wanted to.
1: Yeah, so you did that. And take a, how did your wife feel when you told her, "Hey, I'm gonna quit the job that I'm getting paid. You know, I'm suing hourly, hourly for yeah, good job or somebody like somebody else is paying me to do the job. Yeah, so the money's coming from their company. Yeah, to I'm gonna pay myself. Yeah, at that point you had two kids was she pregnant at the time or no, not, not yet quite. okay yeah no nope. so so you, you still had two kids at the time
0: still had two kids plan and planning the third one we were playing the, pl- in the planning okay. stages
1: and so what what was her like what was it like for her to say oh okay uh-
0: <laughs> <laughs> well she just i mean it was kind of like that she was like okay uh are you are you sure and i was just like yeah and she's like all right, well, I, you know, I believe in you. And I was like, all right. And that was kind of more or less the conversation, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. You
1: know, and I'm sure it probably, there might have been like a, okay, please, please let this work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, it we It hurt a bit, but of but course. still like showing that, that faith and trust in you. Yeah. Is a big, is an incredible thing. And, and that works probably for any spouse, you know, either way. But I think, especially for, for us, for men, you know, to say, hey, I have faith in you. Yeah. That that you're, you have this idea, and I know if you fail, it's gonna be do not be yeah. good for us. Oh yeah, but 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 I I support you and have faith in you. I think that's a that that bit of trust is a means a lot.
0: Yeah, it, it it did, and she you know she's always been like that. She's always like if if this is what you think, if this is the route you think, like we'll go that way. And and if she's got a gut feeling and she's like I don't think this is a good idea, <sighs> mm-hmm. then I'm gonna. More than I've not listened to her in the past, and mm-hmm. I have been severely wrong. Yeah. So I, you, you know, trust her if, gut feeling. Yeah, if she yeah. believes in me, then all you know, all the more that I, I believe yeah. in myself a lot more. Fantastic. Uh, but if she doesn't, then I'm like, yeah. oh, there's probably something to that now. Yeah. Um, so and
1: starting a business of your own, it, you're going to have ups and downs. You know, one out of probably a million. It's gonna be the overnight success and sensation or whatever. Yeah, obviously, but because um, I mean statistically that does happen, but it doesn't happen. When I say it does happen, I mean like you know one in a million, right? Yeah. But that being said, you know, so you're probably about a year into it now, give or take. Yeah, a couple months. And what you know has your gut feeling been right? You know, or is yeah.
0: It- so, and I'll tell you too, before I started it, she was actually working uh, three to five days a week as a house cleaner. So we had, you know, we had two sets of income and I mean, we okay. were, we were getting by just fine. Right. Um, but then I was like, I start this business and the plan now is for you to stop working you to retire from what you're doing and you know we can have our third kid and you mm-hmm. you can focus on him and not have to worry about you know being pregnant and going to work and you know right. trying to foot the bills that way or being
1: the main responsible yeah. yeah
0: yeah you know so uh yeah because then that was the other thing is uh she she has made more money than me the majority of the time i was in trade school right uh and then you know it wasn't until i i joined up with that remodeling company that i you know we were making no she was actually no she was still making more than me <laughs> so. <laughs> so hey you know hey it was yeah hard to make more money yeah
1: but yeah so okay so yeah so her gut feeling was right and it, it certainly helped uh things are working out for you yeah it's a big risk you took the risk yeah. just like other times in your life you took you know, the risk to moving to Florida and uh, you know, there's plenty of risks that you've taken, but you've, you've kind of rose the occasion and you pushed forward. And as an electrician you've done, uh, I mean, your work experience is very interesting. Again, I know, I know I love your work ethic. Um, you've had some people working for you. You're kind of by yourself now, I think at this point. Yeah. You, you Yeah. I think you said that you like the job done in a certain way. Uh, I'm particular. And, and so like, what, what are, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, let me ask you a couple of odd name questions here. If somebody were, to want to work for you and you were considering hiring them what's one or two things you would say besides just you 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 know how to do the job Mm -hmm. like obviously you have to have that other than like the technical skills and knowledge what what are probably the top two or three most important things in an employee that you would want as somebody who owns your own business
0: listen to and follow instruction and customer service Okay. And I would say that's that's a that's a staple and, you know, or a core value. I should say core number one core value of my company is customer service. That's at the forefront of everything like, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, every electrician knows what to do or should know what to do. You right. know, we have a code that we go by. Yeah, so do doing electrical right. is, a, is is a pretty easy part for an electrician. Yeah, so yeah, again, beyond, um, beyond
1: just the, the technical so yeah. So you said like customer service, yeah. listen to the customer, listen to their needs. Yeah.
0: And at the uh, end
1: of the day, they're paying for the job to get done.
0: Yeah. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the second core value would be honesty. Um, we mm-hmm. want to be honest. We want to be upfront. There's been plenty of times that I have never, you know, installed something or. You know even know what something might be that's mm-hmm. electrical and i'll tell the customer straight up i've never installed that or i've never heard of that but mm-hmm. it is electrical yeah you know um i and i am trained in electrical so i mm-hmm. i could probably install it you know
1: right but yeah um, that, that, i mean as a consumer i would say that's that's important to know if i'm shopping around yeah for a service if someone eagerly says oh yeah we can do that that you know but can you? <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so that, that's good. You know. So you, you got um, customer service, honesty, and and what's maybe maybe one more thing that third you would say. third
0: core value is uh, don't cut drywall unless we've talked to the customer first. Okay. About yeah. it and explain to them. I mean, it's got to be like the that is yeah we absolute no no unless th- there's no other option like literally right. no other option um which there's always somehow another option yeah or there's a way to go now, now to
1: drywall seems to be a lot easier to patch around and fix than plaster like my, in my house got old house oh, yeah. yeah. plaster walls yeah but still even then like if you've ever messed with drywall done a project mm. drywall dust it's kind of like sand it gets yeah. everywhere inexplicably yeah so that seems like a really important thing you know you've uh and you said that was such uh you don't have to give us details unless you just want to i don't know i was like fun stories yeah. but uh it seems like there, there was some experience behind that one there
0: though oh yeah yeah, yeah. i've uh you know not, I've had... not throwing anyone under the bus no no no, or... no i've had you know guys work for me and like or and just worked with other guys mm-hmm. that like their first thought is well i can't figure this out let's cut the drywall and see what's inside and right. it's it's just never it's that's never the problem solver it's mm-hmm. yeah it's just you just end up making a whole the Customer's upset, you gotta now either it's coming out of your pocket mm-hmm. or it's coming out of theirs. It's just a it's it's not a it's yeah. it's a lose lose. I think
1: I do with painting as well. Yeah, because you probably have to patch it up, mm-hmm. have to paint it, so it's more trouble for the consumer, more money out of your pocket. It's mm-hmm. and, and if that's the only thing that can be done, the consumer gives the okay. Yeah. Well that's fine. But mm-hmm. but yes, yeah. So that's yeah, that seems like a really important uh oh, yeah. thing to know. If you're if you're gonna be uh working for anyone, but yeah, that, that's it's sometimes it's good to have that insight too, especially, you know you're, you're running your own business and mm-hmm. you kind of know what works and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's your business. You're running it a certain way and you kind of want your employees to kind of follow some certain core values. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, so that, that's, yeah. Let me ask you maybe another question or two with your career stuff. Okay. When it comes to like an electrician, um, like is there any myth about um, the industry or even owning your own business, even aside from an electrician, that you would like to debunk?
0: The hardest part uh, of running a business um, is it, it's, it's not the work uh, I mean, it it is the work in some form, but it's not the actual physical mm-hmm. work of of doing the job. The job's actually the easy part. Running the business is actually that's the hardest part of doing it. Answering yeah. emails, talking to customers, writing up invoices, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know the fun part would actually be doing the work. Of course, when you're doing both of them, then it it it, it gets pretty difficult. Right, um, right. So that would be one thing. Is that yeah, just because. You know, when I when I did have employees working for me, they would see me doing business work, mm-hmm. um, and they thought I had the easy job. And I was just like, dude, <laughs> yeah, no. I would love to just get in the field and just somebody say, "We need this kitchen roughed in," and I and then I would just go rough it in. Like that would just be great, and that's all I had to worry about for the day. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah but no, um,
1: yeah, it makes it in, and even doing one or the other is simple enough. But doing both is is the challenge
0: oh yeah, yeah absolutely
1: um, and there's also a reason that managers get paid a higher amount of money and you know uh business owners it's, it's kind of like a you have your lower level work uh, lower level workers and you kind of go up and up and up mm-hmm. until you get to business owner and they make less money
0: yeah you know, like unless oh, it's really yeah.
1: successful you've been doing it for a long time you know because the owner if there's losses
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know business owner typically gets paid last
0: yeah you know, and that's 100 um, percent true that yeah. was going to be my my other myth debunk there is uh you know, you see a high price tag and you think, oh man, that guy's just, he's got so much money and he's loaded and he's just ripping people off, not even close to the truth. I mean, maybe in some instances, but for the most part, like, yeah, that price reflects a lot of different things. Right. And I've I've
1: talked to other business owners just in general and they said, yeah, you know, for us it's feast or famine. You know, either we had a really successful month or a quarter and things are going really well. And so fantastic, you know, but you know, I try not to get a bunch of like really like uh, lengthy loans because I know, you know, come winter, we're not going to get as many jobs or whatever their, their particular situation may be uh, that we might go through a famine season and we are just pinching pennies to get by. And so the prudent person, the wisdom would say, kind of store up and, and try to Save be smart up. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, you that, got, that's
0: some, yeah. Well, you got to think, I mean, you're 40% of whatever you make is immediately going to taxes. I mean, yeah. not not always, but on the safe side, that's, you yeah, know, that's taking 40%, so now, yeah. yeah, you only have now 60%, oh. uh, and then another 25% is going to your materials, mm-hmm. and then another 10 to 15% is going to, um, you know, your employees, right. or, you know, paying whoever, whether it be myself or... Or an employee, and then the rest of that is savings for a rainy day. Yeah. So at the end of it, I mean, you you start really doing the math on that, mm-hmm. and you're like, "There's not that. You're not getting that much money." Right. You have
1: this. to reach certain levels to to make that work out long term, and to kind of, it, it's not as easy to live that glamorous life.
0: No, there. no. Um, There's, yeah, I, I think in order to be a good business owner, you have to be very good with money. Yeah. You just have to be very, very frugal Mm -hmm. and cautious of what you're spending on and at the end of the day like if you are using your money on something it has to be uh, some form of asset you know that's only going to make you more money
1: right yeah so that's uh, a that's that's good sound advice um so let me ask you a question here on this um so basically you know so if you if someone calls in for a job and says all right andrew um i want to hire you to do a job but i live in texas and uh, we'll pay for you to come out here for travel, because that's, you know, not going to make that come out of your pocket, and we've got this big job,
0: mm-hmm.
1: would you say, hey, you know what? Maybe I'll think about it. Maybe I'll do it. No. if, if No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, no so definitely, if, if it's international, like, hey, listen, uh, we're in Belgium mm-hmm. or something, and we need you to uh, to do this job. You can. It's a one-man job. You can do it. But you know, uh, I, you
0: know. I, I will say location would uh, kind of help that decision. <laughs> like I, middle of uh,
1: Montana, maybe not. You know, even my—I okay. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know,
0: I don't know. It, it, it kind of depends on that. But I, I know that at one point there was an opportunity for me to go and work in Panama City Beach for like I think it was going to be a four-year project. Oh wow! And yeah, well, that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. This this actually uh, this happened uh, I think early 2022 and. Mm you know, me and me and my wife talked about it and it was kind of like, okay, we're going to do it. Yeah. Oh, wow. okay. We're going to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, and of course, you know, he prayed about it and everything like that. And it, it fell through inevitably, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we both like the beach. So we were, we were like, yeah, this makes sense. And I was going to get paid a lot of money to be there. So mm-hmm. that was, you know, another deciding factor. Um, yeah, I mean.
1: But you decided to
0: it was it was going to be yeah. a, like a perma vacation, and yeah. then I was just going to work. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: Uh, but hey, if you're young and single, that's that's a uh, that's kind of the yeah the job. Now if, again, if it, no if it was brainer. one thing, say hey, you know we, we're going to need you for two or three weeks down here. That's a completely different story. Yeah, I mean, you know? yeah, yeah, I
0: I could I could I, I mean at this point now you know I've got three kids, my wife needs right. me at home. Yeah, uh, you can't
1: be going for for too far.
0: Yeah. So yeah, like too, for too long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe. You know, when it was uh, when it was just the the girls and mm-hmm. we didn't, you know, have the baby boy, um, then I would go. There was a couple times I left town for a week, like on two different right. occasions, yeah. and that wasn't a big deal. But um, yeah, the baby takes up the, a lot more. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, the a lot more responsibility, and then, um, you know. Yeah. So so do you have any future goals at this point? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, what, uh, oh, I got a lot what of future what goals. We have. Just pick one or two things. <laughs> what, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What is something in the, the future that you're looking forward to?
0: Well, I, I am into investing in real estate right now. Um, so right now, the the, the goal is to uh, acquire rental properties and uh, be able to use that cash flow to not have to be an electrician anymore. Um, so that's goal number one. And then goal number two but not less important would be, uh, and this one, this one's a little crazy and I am a very ambitious person. A lot of the Good. time, um, that, that I want to play on the pro tour in PGA golf. All right. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a wild statement, especially if you understand how long I've been playing golf. I've been playing for about seven or eight years, and not well either. And I, I guess I got the bug here in the past year, and mm-hmm. uh, I've been playing a lot. And uh, yeah, I think it would be fun to. It's a fun goal to try to obtain.
1: Now, golf is not my specialty, but I know every every uh, course is going to be different. But like an eighteen mm-hmm. hole course, yep. which is the kind of the standard there for professional. Yeah. What like what is your your score? Um, currently what? at, roughly I guess It's going to depend on the course So I'm curious like, what your score is and, and what would you probably need it to be To be in that same sphere As professional Professionals. Or, near, or near professional
0: So uh, this course that I play a lot at um, And I'll tell you how uh, am, Ambitious and infatuated I am with, with golf I, I got a job actually At a golf course I work mm-hmm. for four hours uh, One night a week And I get all the free golf that I want so cool. yeah, so yeah, that,
1: that he, gives you a doorway into without costing a lot of extra money. Yeah, to be it's there, like yeah, forty
0: bucks around. So gee I mean, whiz, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, if, um. if that's your, if, if you're familiar <laughs>
1: with that, that it's that, like, oh yeah, that's fine. But I, yeah, I, I <laughs> mean, I, I like there's, I'm with different sports. Like, okay, basketball. Okay. It costs you nothing to pick up a ball. Right, and go play. Yeah, which, of
0: course, you know, um, I mean, makes the skill gap a little less in in consideration because everybody can go out and try to do this. So there's a lot more people you're competing with in golf. You're not competing Mm -hmm. with as much people because nobody has, A, the time to spend four hours on a, you know, Saturday to go out and play golf or on Monday, especially when they're working. But yeah, so uh, right now I'm shooting between four. And ten over par. Okay, and that's a lot. Of this has just been because I've I've been tinkering on the mechanics of my swing. Right, um, which I will say, last year I was. Uh, Thirty over par.
1: Okay, so that's that's a significant increase. i put
0: a lot of work into it in the important parts. Like I'm, I don't go out there and just kind of like whack at the ball, you know. Like everything right. I'm doing, there's there's intent behind it, you know. I'm like the other day, I was spraying down my club face and making sure that I was hitting the ball. Like I wasn't even taking a full swing; I was taking like a quarter of a swing, just just to make sure that I am pinpoint on my club face. Dead center of it every single time that right. I hit it. And the goal is basically to be able to do that nine out of 10 times before I even move on to another club. Okay,
1: so yeah, you're not just hitting and trying to learn and hopefully you <clears> get the right, you know, oh, I got lucky on this time or whatever. You're, you're really getting down to the science, you're practicing, yeah. you're uh, disciplining yourself. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if whatever it takes to get to the professionals, what I can say about human nature and the human capability is that that's what it takes yeah that's you know that type of attitude and that type of discipline is what it takes for you to get there now Absolutely. how much you know you know time it's going to take you to get there is different but the, so you said you're about um you know you're a little over par at this point would you need to be pretty far under par to be close to professional level or i like, mean
0: at the at the course that i'm playing mm-hmm. at i would probably want to be between two and and five under par.
1: Okay, so you're a lot closer now than you started with.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Okay. And I've, uh, yeah, and and just for the short time that I've really been going at this because, you know, even though I've been playing for seven years, last year Mm -hmm. I think I played four times. I did not practice. Okay,
1: so it's kind of like you played within the year, but... You've yeah, and it, for it, a year. Yeah, right.
0: and it, it's kind of been like that throughout the years. I think the most I ever practiced was when I picked when I first started playing, and that was I was just kind of going out to the driving range and hacking right. away at the ball, like not knowing what I was trying yeah, to even yeah. accomplish. I just yeah. wanted to hit it, and, and absolutely, and I didn't hit it well. But
1: and so if you got your your skill, so let's fast forward a little bit. You got your 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 skills there. You're going under par. Uh, you can do it. This course, you're kind of w- learning other courses. Your skill set mm-hmm. is increased. Mm-hmm. Like, what what does like getting in with the pros look like? Do you just have to sign up and say hey, or like do, do you yeah, need some actually name, do you need some name recognition? Does that help?
0: Uh, th- no, that, that so that basically that would be like getting status on the tour mm-hmm. and and just being able to get into the main event essentially. To like so basically the way golf is set up is they have four rounds. Uh, two 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 of the rounds are on Thursday and Friday. And depending on what your score is in that, uh, in those two days, um, you can advance to the weekend, which would basically be point paying positions or money paying Mm -hmm. positions. Okay. Uh, the top 70, only the top 70 of the, like 160 guys or something like that make it. Okay. Um, and basically, if you if you don't make the cut from Thursday and Friday, you just don't get paid and you've, you've dropped, right. you know, I don't know, $600 to get into the event, Oof. essentially. Yeah. Yeah, but then there's there's mm-hmm. a thing called sponsorship exemption and they can kind of like pay for you to get into the round, um, you know, in, in, a, in a status form, you know, like so you don't have to go and qualify. But there is a qualifier on Monday for – not just anybody; mm-hmm. it's uh, whoever made the cut from the pre-qualifier, the Monday before that.
1: So okay. basically,
0: there's an incredibly uh, competitive round of golf that's played on Monday with, you know, golf's elite. Like, you know, nobody's playing at this level. Not definitely not weekend warriors or just yeah. It's right. It's, right. it's, it's very fierce. You know, these are you call it people who played in college, people who are playing on right. the. Uh, on these mini tours that are, you know, um, and then you, yeah, like I said, you make you make the cut from the pre qualifier, you get to go to the qualifier, and then you make uh, the cut on the qualifier, you get to go to Thursday's round, and of course you're paying between 250 and 450 per round on those, so it's definitely a money pit in that sense, and it's very scary. Um, but I mean, all you really got to do is if you if you have the skill and you make it past both those qualifiers mm-hmm. and into the uh, in, in, into the weekend, essentially, then you're gonna make a hefty paycheck. Um, you know, depending on what you finish.
1: Okay. It's uh, it, and so I guess let me think about uh, any other question related to that. You're planning on working on it. Did you have a way that you're gonna try to? track your progress or yeah. anything of that. Yeah, your- I mean
0: I, you know, I've got like these apps and I I kind of, you know, you know, I'll go and, and, and test myself and play around of golf, and, and you know, just kind of like see where I'm missing and, and what clubs need improvement, and yeah, basically where I'm losing uh, strokes, basically meaning mm-hmm. like you know going thing. over par yeah. more. Yeah, and and even with that said, like this is a crazy ambition. I realize that the probability on this is slim to none. To be honest. But, you know, I, 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 I'm stubborn and very ambitious and I, I like to – I don't know. I don't want to say – I don't – I, I, be, I believe that I can, therefore I can type right. situation. Um, but I do think it also would be fun to like have a YouTube channel and okay. just kind of follow yeah. me doing that, you know, kind of see the progress. I think there's a lot of people out there uh, that are weekend warriors or, or maybe high school kids or just, you know, people who want to see like what would it take – you know, to mm-hmm. try and go pro, right? Uh, yeah, you
1: can kind of learn that way.
0: I, and I'm 34 years old, and this is again, this is nuts.
1: You certainly couldn't do it, become pro at a basketball at 34 years yeah, old. Yeah, I think so golf be, is something you could probably yeah, golf. You, know, you can you still have some time there.
0: Yeah, a guy yeah. just won an event. You know, last week he's 43. Granted, yeah. he's been on the tour for like 20 years. He's right. been in it, but
1: but yeah, you you can certainly yeah you can get pretty good, and as long as you're Muscles aren't deteriorating. You don't break bones crazy. Yeah. Uh, You should be able to do that for some time. Um, All right. So, and we've been going for quite a while. Yep. And if, if anyone's hearing this at this point, you're probably, you know, realize we're going to be cutting this into a couple different uh, parts here, but let me try to get to a conclusion and wrap up here Mm. and ask you if you could spend the next year focusing on one area of your life to improve, what do you think that would be?
0: Oh, um, being a better father to my kids.
1: What would it take to be a better father to your kids in your mindset there?
0: Well, it's kind of, you know, there's like some age old saying that's like, be the the father you needed.
1: Yeah, that's, I don't think I'm familiar with that one, but that, that's okay. great advice. Okay, And maybe it's a newer yeah.
0: thing. I don't, I don't know. know. I've yeah. seen it around a bunch and, you yeah. know, it resonated with me, you know, because uh, I, 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 I'm I not really sure what I needed uh, at that age. But, you know, I just I, I think I needed... I just I needed a better relationship with my dad. I didn't need to know him necessarily as a, like a disciplinarian, mm-hmm.
1: um, at least not exclusively. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not I, saying that he was yeah, exclusive, but yeah, but that seemed to be a primary.
0: Yeah, there was a there was a there was a lot more of a disciplinary side, and you know he wasn't. Um, he was a he was a good dad. My dad was a good dad, um, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of times he was working and he wasn't around, and I I think I needed him. Around and not as stressed out, so I want to be that for my kids. Gotcha. So I, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that would be.
1: And yeah. it's, it seems like so far, I mean, you're, you're for just from my observations, mm-hmm. you're, 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 kind of hitting that, and you, again, you want to try to, to be even better with that, and your, mm-hmm. your, your ideas moving forward. Yeah. Uh, that seems like that's definitely a, a possibility. So that, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Going with our theme of charting life, you've been given uh, this island's been discovered. Mm-hmm. No one's walked foot on it yet. We just discovered it. We're assembling a team okay. to go and uh, chart the. Alley. You're going to go out and you're going to you're going to make the map. You're going to see the highs and the lows, the good and the bad, the danger spots, the place where ground is can be vegetated, place where you can put a hotel or not, whatever. You know, build a cabin. Whatever. So you're going to go and see everything on the island, uh, but you got to take a team with you, and you get to take five people. A couple of stipulations: One person needs to be an explorer or survivalist type of expert. Then another person can be an, needs to be an author or a storyteller. Could be a, a even a director or whatever. Somebody who can help to to write down and share the story. And then three other people. These are all living or dead. They can be personal celebrities, etc. Who are you taking on the island with you? Who are you calling?
0: Uh, okay. Well, I think. So for the um, the survivalist, I would bring a guy that I know who's actually uh, a project manager of uh, of a current project that I have going on right now. His name's Chuck. Okay. Um, he's kind of like a, a jack of all trades in a sense, but he he know he just knows a lot about everything. Yeah, he he I, he knows about yeah living off the land and everything like that. So yeah, I think uh, I think he would be that for that guy, and then. Uh, my partner right now, I call him Junior. His name's Mike. Okay, uh, he's not a junior by any <laughs> means. It's a it's a nickname. Yeah, I would. Yeah, there's a story behind it. All right, but, uh, time, yeah. yeah, I think he would be the the uh, the author in that. Um, okay, you know, kind of uh, yeah, writing that story. Um, he's he's really into reading books a lot. So, okay, yeah, <laughs> I think I'd probably be good at that. Obviously, I would I would bring my wife. I kind of need her, you know, for a lot of reasons. Just yeah support and uh you know and then that that gut feeling she gets um, yeah don't go
1: to the pit of despair over there uh, yeah right (laughs) so
0: and then uh yeah as far as the other two you know i think i might i think i would take my dad um again he knows a lot about everything and 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 he has good guidance intuition and it'd be nice to have his opinion on something whether i agree or disagree somehow when he's there i feel a little bit stronger so good for support and then lastly oh i guess i'd take my mom then yeah i mean that's another thing like you know granted we are an island and everything like that i call my mom for a lot of advice uh pretty often kind of nice to have her around to ask her advice for stuff so yeah
1: Sounds good enough. Yep. And uh, these are last few are kind of rapid fire. You could bring one fruit or vegetable to the island. You imagine you're going to be there for a while, or at least it's a place where you can go and come back to. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can only have one type of food to really sustain you that you're going to plant and harvest. What kind of uh, what fruit or vegetable are you going to take?
0: Mm, it's got to be something dense. Let's. Mm, has to be specifically fruit or vegetable. Can it be beans? Can beans? It beans? Okay.
1: That could be. That could work. A lot of variety you can do in beans. Previous episode, Aaron mentioned uh, potatoes, and he asked me, but we didn't get around to me answering, I, I would say probably corn. That's Corn's a, good, a pretty good one, a, uh, but you yeah. can also use the the husk for other materials as well. Yeah. So that, that would probably be my... Uh, and then each one, you can end up making more and more corn out of that. Yeah. When was the last time you laughed hard? A
0: mm, couple days ago. Okay. Yeah. yeah yeah maybe last night maybe last night yeah I think it was last night actually yeah uh, I had a pretty good laugh with some friends um, talking about a silly story so yeah yeah
1: <laughs> yeah those are always fun I know we're both men here but when was the last time you cried
0: like a second ago I almost lost it there in the very beginning yeah so uh, I, I wouldn't say I was crying but um, I I don't know when my when my son was born for sure yeah uh, definitely definitely had a good cry there so
1: all right and then last question what is something that has inspired you recently
0: oh i, I would i would say the yeah again the birth of my son inspired me yeah and in, uh, in a in a in a lot of different ways and again yeah we can get into that more down the line cuz there's a there's a lot to be said about my son yeah stories behind that so yeah
1: um well yeah we'll just
0: leave it at that man, andrew throughout. it's
1: been a it's been a pleasure yeah thanks for uh being willing to do this and have a conversation it's been lengthy but uh, you were open yeah. honest some stories i didn't even know and uh, hopefully uh the listeners will be able to get something out of that and be encouraged inspired and uh kind of laugh at some of the crazy stuff whether you're bonking your head on the yeah the, the thing or not, <laughs> right. or whatever's yeah. going on thank you very much thanks for listening everybody and join us next time on charting live